Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Some of the topics we will be discussing uh, today. Travel agents are reacting to Ryanair. The Ryanair boss, Michael O'Leary, coming out this week and saying everyone who was entitled to a refund has received a refund. Now, I straight away when I heard that said that can't be right because we've had some emails in from listeners who are still waiting on a refund uh, from Ryanair. And most of the emails we had in were to do with people who had booked to it through a travel agent. So I knew that there were a number of people who have not received their refund. So we'll be speaking with the travel Agents Association about that if you are waiting on a Ryanair refund and have a story to share with us we'd love to hear from you we're going to catch up with a Leaving Cert uh, student still we don't know for sure what's happening with the Leaving Certificate exams this year will they be the predicted grades like they were last year and actually yesterday those who decided to sit an exam they got their results yesterday and I think that might put a question mark over predicted grades because about 40% of students who opted not to take or weren't happy with the predicted grades that they got and said no, we'll sit the exam which was held in November of last year. 40% of them saw their grades actually increase which is the difference between getting your first course choice and not getting it. Uh, so we'll speak with a Leaving Cert student on the programme uh, today. Also hearing about frustrations if you are an Air customer and you need to get on to their customer service. Now this is something that has been rolling on for I don't know how many years we've had people on saying they just cannot cope with air and their customer service and waiting on a phone line. Some people have waited for, you know, more like 10 minutes is okay to wait for customer service and even 10 minutes is frustrating. But we've had people who've gone over an hour two hours heading into the third hour and then get disconnected when they finally get through to somebody and the frustration is just now they are very aware of it and constantly coming out saying oh we've employed extra staff everything has been sorted out and any time that they admit everything's been sorted out we've a flood of people coming forward saying well how come I was on last week or I was on yesterday and I couldn't get through so we're going to be discussing that on the programme we will be playing another round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz your chance to win 103 uh, euro and I know listening to Ken earlier uh, this morning and he managed to get his first winner this morning and you could hear he was over the moon when done to Bernadette Gray in Bishopstown winning with Ken this morning so you get a chance to play later on in the programme today and it is Wednesday Peter Dowdle returned to us last week and we were flooded with questions for Peter so get your questions in as early as you can to us please and uh, by doing that you'll have a, a 
a higher chance of getting your question answered by Peter Dowdell, our resident gardener, when he joins us after half past 12 uh, today. And uh, Liz says, on the Garda dancing, it was priceless, Patricia. I reckon it's done Gardaí the very best for an ad recruitment. Yeah, <laughs> why not? Because there were scenes from Temple Moor as well on it. It really was terrific. I think John Paul says we put it up on our social media pages uh, as well. It, it's been widely shared. And I saw it was on the news. I didn't play the whole lot of it on the news, but I saw on the main news bulletins yesterday they played clips of it. And certainly the Gardaí have been working flat out and they've been taking a lot of abuse, I think, and a lot of hassle from people with all of the checkpoints that have been going on. At the end of the day, they're only out there doing their job, but it's it, they've they've been finding it tough as well. And they've been there on the front line for COVID as well. And many of the members of Angarda Corner have unfortunately contracted uh, COVID. So they've they've a number of their members out sick as well. So I think it was it was lovely to see the the brighter, lighter side of Angarda Corner. So once again, well done to everybody involved. And Anne has been in early with the text and Patricia. My NCT for my car is due in February has it been extended by three months or by four months and I double checked for you I'm sure it's four months it is yeah um, all vehicles that qualify have been given a four month extension by the Minister and if you if you go on to NCT their website you can check the date put in your car registration number and they'll the new date will pop up for you But and you can add four months on to your due date that would be your new NCT date picking up the Irish Examiner newspaper this morning they have front page that, and they're getting really good with their front, front pages we remember the one that they did for the mother and baby homes but today when you pick it up you see in they have letter numbers in stark red and you're looking and I sort of picked up saying, What's, what are all these numbers about and it is the number of residents and staff who have died from COVID-19 in nursing homes and they put them down in the total so it's 1,543 residents and staff have passed away since the pandemic began in nursing homes as direct result of uh, COVID. 4,300 cases in nursing homes during the month of January. 369 died in the month of January alone and 193 outbreaks in nursing homes in January. And if you look back to December, there was only 14, or sorry, there was only 34 outbreaks in nursing homes and it jumped from 34 up to 193 in the month of January and 81 is the percentage of all coronavirus linked deaths in healthcare settings that have been in nursing homes that's a shocking figure and then the the sad one the really sad one is only 10% of the initial 77,000 vaccinations administered by mid, mid January actually ended up in nursing homes so they really are quite Quite, you know, quite startling figures and frightening figures and sad figures because behind the 1,543 people that passed away are families. They are people who they loved and people who loved them. And there are many, so many families uh, grieving. It really is, it really is sad. And staying with nursing homes because it became a topic of conversation yesterday at the Oireachtas Health Committee. The state. 
missed a 12-day window of opportunity to vaccinate the most vulnerable in nursing home uh, residents and uh, staff. And if they had got in there, maybe in time in those 12 days, could some of the 369 people who passed away in the month of January, could we have saved some of those lives? I mean, we, we will never uh, know. Ty Daly, the Chief Executive of Nursing Home Ireland, was speaking at that Oireachtas Health Committee and, and he criticised the gap between the vaccine arriving on our shores. It arrived on the 26th of December and yet the first nursing home vaccination wasn't given out until 12 days later, wasn't given until the 7th of uh, January. And it was Ty Daly who says, we do feel a critical window of opportunity was missed with nursing home residents the most susceptible to the virus and we knew they were the most susceptible and still are the most susceptible to the virus. And yet he said, just 10% of the initial 77,000 vaccines that were administered by mid January actually went to nursing homes every day he said is vital for our nursing home residents and for their staff. Uh, The HSE data shows just under 8,000 vaccinations were given in residential settings but just under 70,000 were given to healthcare workers by the 13th of January and listen I'm not saying there's anything wrong in the healthcare workers getting it but it seems a very low percentage surely the percentage that went to nursing homes should have been uh, higher and Ty Daly speaking of that Oireachtas Health Committee yesterday said it is a legitimate question to ask should we and could we have moved faster? He said there are nursing homes today saying we were so close before COVID uh, hit and I saw one of the nursing homes on the TV last night that had a a huge number of deaths in the month of January. They were a week away from the vaccine arriving and they had managed to keep COVID-19 out of the nursing home for 10 months and everybody getting very excited. We're a week away, a week away from the vaccinations arriving and suddenly some of their staff or some of their residents started testing positive and then one-on-one it just uh, passed on and they lost a number of residents at that particular nursing home. Absolutely devastating, as I say, for the families and for the staff who so try to look after these these residents so well. And it seems even today, into the month of February, there's hundreds of nursing home residents still without the COVID-19 uh, vaccination. The health officials uh, yesterday were saying that due to outbreaks, there's now four homes have yet to get one single COVID-19 vaccine and there's a, there's another 117 nursing homes that are only partially vaccinated and that was because either people got COVID or they were close contacts. The health minister, remember, he had said early in the new year, at the start of the new year, he said he hoped that all residents and staff would be vaccinated by the end of January. Well, we've that t- target has been failed. We're into the start of February and we still have nursing homes and nursing home residents who have not been uh, vaccinated. Ty Daly said that the situation in nursing homes remains very precarious. To up, to, up to this week, there's 193 open outbreaks and staffing then obviously is a huge uh, issue because there are around 1,800 nursing home staff who were either out due to having picked up COVID or else they're out due to being deemed a a close contact. So we still have a lot of worry when it comes to uh, nursing homes. And then there was one other um, elderly gentleman who passed away yesterday that I think the whole world went, ah, poor Captain Tom. It was Captain Tom Moore, the World War II uh, veteran who him single-handedly raised almost 33 
million pounds for Britain's NHS in response to the pandemic and he was hailed a hero in the truest sense of the world and a beacon of light for the rest of the world uh, when the news came yesterday that he passed away um, having just recently celebrated his 100th birthday. His daughter said it was with great sadness they, that they announced the death of their dear uh, father and they painted a lovely picture of sitting with him as he was passing away and they said that they spent the hours chatting to him. They were reminiscing about their own childhood. They were speaking about their wonderful mother and uh, they said that they shared laughter and tears uh, together. And the daughter said that the last year of their father's life was nothing short of remarkable. He was rejuvenated and he experienced things he'd only ever dreamed of doing. And then the UK Prime Minister Boris Johnson paid tribute and said uh, Captain Sir Tom, of course course he was knighted wasn't he last year as well. He said he was a hero in the true sense of the word. He said in the dark days of the Second World War, he fought for freedom and in the face of the country's deepest post-war crisis, he united everybody. He cheered everybody up and he embodied the triumph of the human spirit. He said it was quite astonishing that at the age of 100, he managed to raise almost £33 million for the NHS and also gave countless others their own chance to say thank you to the extraordinary men and women who work on the front uh, line. He became not just a national inspiration, but a beacon of hope for the world. He tested positive unfortunately for COVID-19 last week and his family had explained that he was actually on another medication that he'd been receiving for pneumonia and because of that he wasn't able to receive the uh, vaccination and of course we remember him back it was in the very first lockdown back in April. He walked a hundred laps of his garden and his plan was was to do the hundred laps before his 100th birthday and he decided then sure I'll do this and I'll set myself a little bit of a challenge and I'll try to raise some money for the NHS and his initial goal was to raise one thousand pounds but whatever it was his efforts just really struck a chord with so many people and then the donations just literally flooded in and people all over the world uh, recognising Captain Tom Moore he was uh, he was just uh, an amazing an amazing man and he brightened a lot of people's lockdown I think when they were watching him completing this hundred laps of his garden with his little Zimmer frame, his little walker. Uh, so we remember Captain Tom uh, Moore. May he rest in peace. A couple of queries coming in. People looking for answers to questions. Uh, the first one is, morning Patricia, uh, just wondering if I could regard one of my adult children in my social bu- bubble to visit me as the, my, this adult child lives more than five kilometres uh, away. I do abide with all of the rules and regulations. Thanking you very much. Well, if you're living on your own, you can nominate one other person or one other family to get into a social bubble. If you're living with um, if you've got people already in the house then they become your social bubble. But if it's one other, but if you're living on your own and you want to nominate one of your adult children absolutely and then you can travel outside the 5k if it's, if you're part of a social bubble. And I know they talk about people going to social bubbles, it's for people living on their own. It's also for single parents living on their own if they want to hook up with maybe another family or another person just to offer support. So yes absolutely if you're living on your own and and you need some kind of support and we all need support and we all need to be sociable with at least one other person. So yes you, you can do that and if your adult child has a family they become part of your social bubble then. And Dan says Hi Patricia could you please check something for me? 
On the news yesterday evening it was stated that some of the 101 people who died, that was the figure that was announced for yesterday, happened in January. My query is how many of the 101 died on that day? By the way, I'm by no means taking the the, the overall seriousness uh, which either way is uh, tragic but I'm just uh, wondering. Uh, yeah, it was yesterday it was announced. It was the, how was it described? The deadliest day in the pandemic so far. It was just shocking to hear the newsreader announce 101 deaths and to see it up on the screen. It really, really was uh, shocking. Uh, There always is a time lag between the high number of cases um, that get announced and the fatalities. It's the way it has always been. And I think it's just been more pronounced with when there's more and more deaths you seem to get a longer uh, time lag so looking at the figures yesterday of the 101 yesterday 83 of them occurred in January and 18 occurred in February so you could take it that 18 were perhaps in the previous uh, 24 hours 48 hours I would say at the very most the fact that we're at the beginning of January but that time lag has always been there but yeah each and every one of those uh, deaths we think of the 101 families who are left uh, grieving uh, and then another listener says morning Patricia I have to go for a Covid test this morning good luck with that I have to go to Blackpool Test Centre my question is what's wrong why can't I go to Mallow or to Butterland or somewhere else obviously this texter is texting from North Cork why are they sending me even uh, further yeah there was a test centre in Mallow in the early days of I think of the first lockdown there was one at the race course in Mallow which obviously was fantastic for people living in North Cork but they closed that Mm, sometime around this during the summer they closed it when the numbers when there was very few coming forward for testing suppose they didn't need it I'm surprised particularly after Christmas with the high number of people going forward for testing I was surprised that they didn't reopen that centre or a centre somewhere else but unfortunately that's the way it is it's the one test centre for the for the whole of the North Cork area in that area of the city you have to go to Blackpool and that's there is, there is no test centre unfortunately in uh, North Cork whether it will change I don't know with the numbers falling I can't see it uh, changing and I know I heard it on the news we're hoping to do something we probably we might get to it today but we'll certainly get to it tomorrow uh, there's a front page story on the Irish Examiner today where they're already looking at vaccination centres and they're talking about putting the two vaccination centres into the city which just straight away you're shaking your head thinking what about people in the county you're talking about people from West Cork who need to get a vaccination having to travel all the way into the city and the same for the people in North Cork having to travel all the way into the city fine for the people who live live in the city but even the two test centres that they're talking about I mean they're talking about Porky Cueve and they're talking about City Hall myself and John Paul we just were discussing it this morning before we came on air and uh, John Paul uh, who'd know he drives around the city more than I would so he'd know the city better than I would was straight away made the point he said parking in both areas is going to be a bit of a nightmare for people and if it is mass vaccinations you're going to have lots of people uh, arriving and and you know if it's during any kind of a lockdown which is expecting it will be there won't even be places open you can't even say she will make a day trip out of it and she will go and do a bit of shopping and we might go and have something to eat or you know it'll be literally going getting into the car going for your vaccine and uh, heading home again so I know there's a push some of the local TDs, uh, Sean Sherlock from the North Cork and Holly Kearns in West Cork, they're already shouting, saying, Oi, lads, don't forget about us in the county. You know, put a, and, and I accept that you can't have a um, mass vaccination centre dotted in every single town and village, but at least put one in West Cork and put one in uh, North Cork to allow people so that they won't have to travel too far. We'll keep a close eye on that story. 1850 333103, lines open. Cork today on C103 with Sean Cusack. 
like insurances can sail. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. See MIG.ie. Earlier this week, the Ryanair boss, Michael O'Leary, said that everyone due a refund because of cancelled flights due to the COVID pandemic had received one. Well, not so, according to the country's travel agents. Pat Dawson is chief executive of the Irish Travel Agent Association. And Pat joins me. Good morning to you, Pat. Good morning, Patricia. Now, Pat, I have to say we've been contacted by our own listeners who booked through a travel agent who tell us they're still waiting for a refund. What's going on here? Yes, I mean, uh, you know, with that interview, as as Mr. Leary stated, I mean, the facts uh, are not in line with what he's saying and Certainly, there's millions of, 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 of euros worth of refunds, both from people who book with travel agents and people who book directly. Because listening to, to the other medias all day, yesterday and all night, um, people were coming out and saying, I haven't got my money since last uh, May, June, or whatever it is. So, factually, he's incorrect. How much do you reckon travel agents alone are owed by Ryanair? Um, our last count is, was on just about 20 million euros. Uh, that were old. Uh, some with some with you know one particular agent uh, in uh, in the uh, towards the north of Ireland is owed uh, for school tours a half million. Another agent is owed uh, hundred one thousand uh, three hundred flights, and an agent in Munster uh, is owed uh, sixty thousand euros, of which he's paid his customers out of his own pocket. And he's still trying to get uh, the money back, uh, and they're facts. Uh, and in fact, I have names and locator numbers uh, of that particular agent in Munster. Because uh, we've so we've had some of our listeners say that when they booked uh, holidays, I'm just looking at one uh, example uh, from one listener. They had booked with their with a local travel agent uh, to go to Grand Canaria on holidays. It was back in May. Uh, now the travel agent was able to refund the money for the hotel and for the transfers. But then when it yep. came to running, so, that, so in fairness to the travel agents, any of the money they can get back, they're giving back to people. But I'm assuming that many travel agents simply don't have the cash flow to pay customers while waiting for Ryanair to cough up? No, they don't. Some have done, uh, done where, they, where they can, but with no income for the last 12 months. And we are getting some aid from the government, but uh, not near enough. But we're, we're battling with them every day. But certainly that is a very true reflection on what's going on because the hotels abroad have, have worked with us, you know, different uh, sites that we have booked for, for different people on tours and so forth and so on transfers companies they've all worked with us and uh, you know uh, uh, Ryanair said that they weren't having worked for with travel days for 20 years where well, we produced a photograph yesterday and a circularized where they signed a contract um, with a company that was to distribute uh, Ryanair seats for sale uh, uh, in 2015 so we have to deal with the facts uh, and the proof uh, and, and that's what we we stand by. Yeah, and are you hearing from individuals who book directly with Ryanair? They're also trying to get their money back, are they? Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, I okay. mean, we're watching this, this different the different social media outlets, uh, and that's the same. And it's just a matter of, look, at, uh, it's an Irish company. Uh, back, back, I'm in this game a long time. They were bailed out by the taxpayer many years ago. They've done great work for Ireland and for the country for opening up the country, both outbound and inbound for our inbound tourism, uh, which is very, very important, just as you know, uh, to, to, to Cork and, and Munster and all over the country. And, and certainly, you know, uh, an Irish airline should not be behaving like that and should just get, you know, 20 or 30 staff to work for a couple of weeks and refund the customers yeah. that money 
that they sent. They were, they were easily enough t- taking our money and the client's money, but getting it back is a different thing. And and also, you know, Ryanair must not forget that when they started out, it was they got a lot of support from travel agents when oh, the business I, was yeah. first being built. Yes, and, 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 and they only really, I mean, like we were dealing with them and they were for the last, since they opened, and in fact, uh, you know, in, in the in the olden days, that people on the road calling to travel agents, and and but this only happened. Uh, they were dealing with us, and uh, I, I mean, uh, a company that I work for, my son works, uh, runs it now. I mean, ch- we chartered air- aircraft from them, and everything, all that stuff was done. And uh, so suddenly, they discovered because of the fact of the pandemic, they discovered that travel agents had booked millions and millions. Of of, of 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 tickets with them, which they didn't really know about. So th- they lost control. So what they want to do is, uh, they want to control the customer. Whereas with a travel agent, a, a customer uh, phones you or talks to you, so we give him or her a choice of A, B and C airline, the, the best option for them, not the best option for the airline mm. as such. But they hate that mm. Be- mm. because of the fact. And and look at looking at, at Cork Airport, and I live in Cork, and I, you know, I am, I'm, I am worried about the airport because it's vitally important for all sorts of reasons for people getting off the island, people coming into the Cork, and and and, and Cork is is a wonderful county and a massive county to visit, as as we all know. And uh, you know, they're saying the Cork airport, you know, they can't get a, a good deal off them, so they can operate. They're they're playing that card to squeeze them and, and, and try and. And use the airport for nothing, whatever it is. That's the same old game. Were you were such. you very annoyed by that interview the other morning with Michael O'Leary? I was. It was disingenuous. Uh, yeah. Absolutely, very annoyed, and calling the scammers and stuff like that. That language for for high profile, world profile. It, it's not. You know, it's it's not the way you, you do business, and, and we disassociate ourselves with those kind of remarks on any individual or any any Irish companies. I remember. We have three and a half thousand people working in our industry. We have two hundred Irish companies, most of them family-run, and, and to, to, to call names like that is really childish. And is there anywhere that travel agents can go to try to get their money back from Ryanair? Well, the, the, the Commission of Aviation and the, the Department of Transport—they're fully aware of this for from a number of months. But unfortunately, they have no teeth and they have no power uh, to sort this out as such. Uh, we've had several meetings oh, since uh, oh, for the last nine months. I think I must admit the Commission of Aviation ten times, spoke to the department representatives probably twenty times, and this has always been on the agenda. But they don't have any power to deal with. Yeah, and you know, listening to some of the figures that you gave out about the money owed, I mean, there's a danger here that some travel agents could go under because of this. It, it could happen, yeah, and 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 it's their fault, that's for sure. Uh, hopefully, it, it it won't happen uh, as such. And uh, you know, uh, with the, the the crisp payments which we're getting under level five will have to be moved up to level three because we're on level five since March, as such. And uh, the government need to move on that. Uh, and and certainly, you know, there's there's massive cash flows now. Everybody's money is guaranteed by by the, by the state. But it's ironic that an airline, you know, could close down travel agents and the taxpayer would have to pick up the money. Yeah. And then Tony Houlihan's comments that the only beach we're going to see this year is going to be a, a local one. As an industry, have you any hope of a pick-up in business this year? 
Well, you know, uh, that those remarks were unnecessary and, and, you know, it's a crystal ball remark and, and the impact that had on, on, on the people who were... Uh, remember, we have, we have thousands and thousands of people who were booked this year to, who transferred from last year yeah. and, and who were charged a fortune to change. Uh, so so that, that shouldn't have been said. I mean, I admire the medics of this country uh, and in most cases they have led us well. But those remarks, in my view, were irresponsible for our industry as such, it should not have been made because we certainly, you know, there has to be the positivity in the country. And I mean, you know, the doom and gloom we're listening to is too much, really too much. But certainly, I, I, I would be looking, uh, you know, uh, to use that old phrase, Patricia, with the wind behind us, uh, uh, maybe, you know, the back end of the summer and the, the vaccination is, is key to all of this. Yeah, and, and the vaccination programme is rolling out all over the world and all over Europe. Yes, it is. And, and uh, you know, now, you know, there there have been a lot of bumps in the road with the vaccination, but certainly, you know, uh, you know, the over 65s are, are marvellous travellers. Irish people are marvellous travellers. And, and certainly, you know, I, I see them, they're, they're, they're saying, they're saying sort of March, April, uh, probably be done in May, June, if the truth be known. So I would say they'll be forced out of the blocks. And, and certainly there's a belt up, uh, you know, appetite. Uh, to to travel abroad and 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 get some and get some summer sun, and of course you know staycations are important. But remember that the the, the home holidays, the holidays uh, for the fellow hotels, seventy percent of that comes from international visitors. And if there's no outbound traffic, well then for there's no inbound traffic. Because one is handing gloves, such so yeah, it's very yeah. important. But, and and just finally, um, I can see a couple of questions coming in from listeners who uh, have vouchers when their holidays got cancelled last year. Vouchers for this year. What what's the story with uh, vouchers? Yeah, I, I'm glad you asked me that question, Patricia, because the the voucher uh, airline vouchers are different than gift vouchers. Gift vouchers are valid for five years. Mm. Airline vouchers are valid on the validity that's on the voucher. And Ryanair vouchers, I, I think most of them are one year. I know Alingus, I think, are five years. Other airlines are longer than, than the Ryanair voucher. So certainly they they may have to be reissued or whatever else. I, I don't know what Ryanair are doing with them. It's a good question maybe they should ask because I certainly wouldn't like to see a situation that, 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 that they're out of date. Because let me tell you, if they're out of date and getting them changed... That is sub-job because we know what it's like to deal with them. Well, I heard about the people getting the checks. The checks were out of date when they arrived for, for their refund. OK, listen, we leave it there, Pat. Thank you for that. And uh, thanks for joining us on the programme this morning. Pleasure. Good morning to you. Bye-bye. That is uh, Pat Dawson, uh, who is the CEO of the Travel Agents Association of Ireland. And I know just on vouchers, by the way, for anyone who did accept vouchers from the airlines, I know that the Commission for Aviation Regulation came out this week and told people that if you accepted a voucher, you can't now change your mind and look for cash back instead. At the time when you accepted the voucher, there was an offer of cash instead, but a lot of people went for uh, vouchers. But unfortunately, you cannot now, once 
once you've accepted a voucher, you can't then go back and say that you want a cash refund instead. 1850 333 103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, it does look like the government and the Department of Education may be rowing back on this steadfastly held view that the traditional leaving cert exam should take place this year. However, a final decision will not be made until next week at the earliest. So to get the views of a Leaving Cert student, I'm once again joined by Brian Crowley, who is a Leaving Cert student at Skibbereen Community School. Uh, Good morning to you, Brian. Morning, Patricia. Now, it does look like the teachers' unions very much in favour of the students sitting a written exam. As as a student, are you still opposed to that? Um, yeah, definitely no more so than I was last time we talked, especially when we're missing at least, like, we, we've missed the whole of January and at February again now, and, it, like, it'll be March at the earliest before we're back in the classroom. And I just worked it out there, like, as in, if they want us to still do full exams and everything, we have 13 weeks from March to the start of the exams. And if you're taking two weeks away for oral and that, two weeks for pre's and two weeks for Easter, you're down to six weeks of classes. Like, And you, true. the last time you spoke to us, you clearly stated you haven't got all your coursework done yet. No, and like I said, we're, we're working through it. Like, but in, I, don't, I don't see how they still want us to do a full exam. Like, And like, it, seems, it seems like the government are after coming back on it, like as in that they are after listening to the students. But like I said, I think the teachers... The teachers want what's best for the students, and like if the predictive grade, the predictive grade model isn't good enough. Like if if they don't want to be ranking students and stuff, there's surely another model that they could that they could take on. Like that that would be fair, and that they can do, and that that will please everyone, like all the parties. Because like in it, I I just don't see how they can expect us to over like do a leaving sir. There's some but open projects. Like I was just listening to the radio there last evening. The, you're breaking up slightly on your phone, so just move, just stay steady Sorry. where you are, Yegwan. Um, the TUI secretary was on, and um, he said he said that the leaving isn't just the leaving cert project uh, oh, involved. But like, if you take now, I'm, I'm just doing it from my own point of view that I, I have three projects. Jog free is twenty percent, but you have to go on a field trip. But like, when before June are we going to be able to do a jog free project? Go on a field trip, like. I didn't because number one the teacher told us and I have no problem with this. He said that he won't he doesn't want to go on a field trip because he wouldn't feel safe taking things onto a side of the school in like in the current climate, like especially with the COVID. Like in history you can do at home, that's fair enough. Because then you can get secondary information, but it wouldn't be as good as if you grew out to a farm and get primary information for your project. Like I, I don't see how they expect us to complete these projects, like when when there are so much restrictions in place. And then orals again, like, when are they going to be sat and creeds and everything? It, it just doesn't make sense. That well, the, or, the orals last year were one of the first to be cancelled before they ever decided to cancel uh, the Leaving Cert. And I remember at the time people were saying, could they not do orals? Could you not do a Zoom call for orals? Yeah, you're probably right, but for supervised the Zoom calls in, like, like, like if you're doing a Zoom call at home, like then number one, not everyone's Wi-Fi is good enough, and people, some people might have access to access to to devices, and like sure, 
how how does the examiner know you're you if you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. That's it, 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 that, that isn't a simple solution to it. I know one of the key concerns for teachers when it comes to the predicted grades, they are saying that last year students had access to the information. Remember, they had to grade, they graded the students and uh, the teachers were not happy about the idea that the that the students got access to the information afterwards. Yeah, but but like I think I think students would be complaining if we were offered predicted grades that we didn't get to see what teacher gave us because like as in we're at a stage now we nearly take anything like as in just to get the clarity because it's being pushed back week on week like as in it was going to be two weeks ago originally we were meant to be told what was going to happen and now it'll be next Tuesday at the earliest but there I think I think I think from what we can tell like from now like that the government are after coming back like as in that they they don't see a full on traditional leaving start going ahead but I think it's the teachers that they need to coax around to the idea now because um, because they have the students on board for sure. Michal Martin yeah. said his that, that the preferred option is now towards a combination of calculated yeah. grades and uh, a written exam. But then did you see the students yesterday who got their results, who did sit an exam in, in November and was it 40% of them got higher results than in the, in the written exam than in the yeah. predicted? I mean, did that not worry you? Yeah, but I suppose like it's in, yeah. But if everyone's doing it like the points are going to, like the points will re- like if everyone gets predicted grades, and you had the option to sit it, like the option there because I think the students like it's in. It's clear that the students want to sit it, but even if there's an option in June or July for people who did want to say sit their leaving cert, like sit, they still have time to. Um, there's only a small number of people who are doing it like. And then the other uh, what the other idea that's been mentioned is moving the exams to July. That would give you extra time in the classroom. Would that option work for you? The thing about moving to July is number one will be corrected for September for college, and then like as in a lot of people depend on jobs to pay for college. Like, and you know, if you're doing your exams in July, it's going to be well the last week of July before you're done your exams. Like, so I don't see how like as if it'll be August before they start correcting the exam. They're not going to have them ready for September, like. And on top of that, students students won't have money to pay for college the year after, like. So I don't see how that's going to work. And I don't I don't know would the teachers agree to go in. to stay in the classroom? Yeah, yeah, they 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 have a big hurdle to get over there. How is your yeah. remote learning going? I know you have a huge issue with broadband. And listening to your phone line today, you have a huge issue with your phone as well. Uh, you were in Ludgate the last time we spoke. What's happening? Yeah, I, I'm still in Ludgate anyway. Thank God. But um, like it's fine. It, it, Again, it's 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 not the same as um as the face to face learning at all. Like it's like we're we're getting we're covering the course, but like it's in you still kind of get to feel that when we go back, we'll be going back over again. If you know what I mean. And are you expe- When do you expect to go back? What's what, what's your thinking? Um. Well, I don't know. Like it's in. I just saw like there there was um this new variant. Like it's kind of after throwing everything because. I saw a 19-year-old guy yesterday on the news there saying, like, and that's that's frightening to think, like, as in that leaving a certain age, like, that a 19-year-old died. But um, it seems they're saying kind of March, the first week of March, six years might be back. But, like, as in, still, we're asking missing that, that two, that's two months of school missed. And what is it, three months to catch up on it? Like, I, I just don't see how they want to do it. 
And don't forget the amount of schooling that you missed last year as well. You're the yeah, class. Yeah, three months on top yeah, of that again, you're yeah. the leaving cert class that have really been yeah. d- been disadvantaged. And God knows, I'll probably be having this conversation with students next year because they'll the fifth years yeah. are missing out on this year uh, as well. Okay, uh, and how is the study going for you, Brian? Uh, not too bad. No, it's a tough day. To be honest, especially if we don't know what's happening or we have no date studying for anything. But like, as in, we kind of. Monday evening, we thought we had a bit of clarity, and then the teachers came out and said that there wasn't going to be predicted grades. Sure, hopefully we'll know next Tuesday. Now, anyway, if if we knew, at least we'd be able to put our mind to it and uh, focus a bit more because you know you're going during the exam, but at the moment it is, it's impossible to focus. To be honest with you, it's the uncertainty. I can I can yeah, hear it in your yeah, voice. It's the uncertainty yeah. that's causing all of this additional and stress, and that's not that you don't need that. That's that's not no. that you really don't need that, especially leaving, sir. Yeah. Okay, listen, Brian, hang in there and uh, keep the head down as much as you can. And uh, I know we'll speak again, but thank you for that and thanks for joining us today. Thanks very much. Good morning to you. Bye bye. Brian Crowley there, leaving search as student at Skibbereen Community School, very much in favour of predicted uh, grades. Tim says the grades from the teachers were fine last year, but it was the in- interference from the faceless people in the exam headquarters that were the problem. The school's record should never have been a factor in it. And somebody else, when I suggested that they do the exams in July and that they stay in school longer, uh, somebody says, good luck with that, trying to get the teachers. Uh, to work through their holidays they won't go for that and somebody asked should teachers have their holidays now let them enjoy them and any teacher listening will tell you they're not on holidays they are still teaching 1850 John Paul taking your calls text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 Court today on C103 With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance CMIG.ie To celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show We're giving away thousands of euro Whatever it Pure Cork Quiz is your chance to win free cash on C103. Answer three Cork questions in just 20 seconds to win €103. And stay listening across the day because there's loads of chances to play. Take me to the top, I'm ready for whatever your court quiz. Stay listening on your phone, smart speaker and radio for your chance to grab the cash. Free cash. Only on C103. You're listening to Cork Today on replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. On Garda Siakona yesterday released a video. It was a dance challenge that was put to them from the Swiss police and they choreographed as one um, journalist put it they're, they're arresting dance moves and it's scenes of Gardaí dotted around the country doing this particular dance it's the Jerusalem dance challenge that has been going globally all over the world loads of, of different people have recorded themselves doing it and putting it up online so it was our own Garda Siakona's time uh, to do it yesterday and as I said they put it together just to put a smile on people's faces in the grim times on which we are all living John O'Donovan in the city has contacted us. Good morning to you, John. Good morning. I, I John, I sometimes think, do you lie in bed at night just trying to think of something that you know is going to annoy the majority of people? <laughs> Possibly, yeah. <laughs> you're, you're against what the Gardaí did. I am indeed. Look, if they were doing something, Patricia, for, as a as charity, an event, something like this, I, on a one-off, I would have no problem. 
But in the middle of a pandemic like this, I cannot believe, as Victor Melville used to say, that the commissioner actually signed off on this. No, the Gardaí this morning, the said same Gardaí who are dancing on Banner Strand on that video, I wrote this morning stopping people from going to the said same beach if it's over your five kilometres, right? N- nobody in Cork, in Mayfield, Nocknahini, Ballyfehan, Mahan, Douglas, Torquay this morning can go to any beach. The nearest beaches to us, as you know, all the areas I've named out, Patricia, are Crosshaven, Mertelville, Fultonstone, all outside the five kilometres. Yeah, but should the Gardaí that were doing their dance moves on Banna Beach or the Gardaí that are based in Kerry? So it could have been well within their five kilometres. Yeah, but the, the point I'm making is they're stopping people from actually going to the beach, right? This morning, no. Yeah, but why, why are they stopping people from going to Banna Beach this morning? Well, I, 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 can't, I can't see like what the problem is when people are out in the open air and parks or beaches. And you want to wear a mask when you're out, even though you really shouldn't when you're out in the fresh air. And as long as you're social distance, I cannot see anything wrong with people in parks or people walking in beaches. Now, if I rolled up to a checkpoint this morning and began the system, uh, where are you going? Is this essential? I said it is. What's your essential travel about? I'm going to the beach. How could that be essential travel? Well, I said, I'm going down for the dance. How would that play out like? And if you said, well, that's not essential. Well, I said, look, was it essential for you guys to go dancing in the beach? Ah, uh, John, seriously, seriously. No, can, I, can I, you, but can you not see it as just... It was a miserable day yesterday, weather-wise. It was absolutely miserable. And when I saw that they had released the video, because I'd seen the Swiss police put up the challenge and I actually was one of the people who retweeted the Swiss challenge and said to the guard, our guards, come on. Get your act together, you can do this. I was thrilled when I saw it yesterday. And you know something? It just made me smile for that two and a half minutes that I sat down and watched it. I just thought this is bringing a bit of lightness to people. Well, uh, some years ago, the, the RUC changed their name to the PSNI. Now, may I know after this episode, suggest that the Gardaí be renamed the village people? Ah, would you stop us? Would you stop it? They're do. They're yes, just. They're. T- I, they're t- I'm expecting th- a second edition of the YMCA. <laughs> I mean, have we lost the run of themselves completely? This is a professional police outfit, right? And they should not be acting like this. Okay, as somebody says, the Gardaí should be out doing their job. I agree with John. For the first time ever, I agree with John O'Donovan. Fair play. It was a total mock to the people. While Sandra said, what a sour puss John is. The guards have been working non-stop uh, with a high health risk uh, to themselves. Yeah, And can I also say, and I, I saw this, that he, they, they, they did that all on their own time. None of them were on duty. It was all on their off duty well, that, that, I, that they did it and they recorded it themselves. Can I say it to the commission? Somebody says, I was worse to praise the Gardaí, would you? Seriously. uh, If I could say to the commissioner, like, instead of cop yourself on, I would say, camp yourself on. Ah, you're you're missing the point. You're completely missing the point. How this song doesn't cheer you up, John. Bit of dance moves now. Yeah, I move now. This is the song, by the way. Jerusalem. See, I only have to hear that song and uh, my foot is tapping and it just makes me smile. And I'm sorry, I'm 100% uh, behind on Garda Shea on this one, John. I think you're wrong. I really do think you're wrong on this one. But you are entitled to your opinion.
Of course, thank you. Okay, good, good morning <laughs> to you. Keep up the dancing, keep up the dancing. Somebody says, uh, will that fella get a grip? He's just been miserable. That's from Mary. And someone else says, tell John, get a life. They're human as well. Someone else says, fair play to you, John. Uh, one rule for some. And someone else says, the Jerusalem uh, dance song that was used in the uh, challenge Uh, The words are really appropriate. Oh, I don't know the words. Okay, Jerusalem is my home. Guard me. Walk with me. Do not leave me here. Jerusalem is my home. Guard me. Walk with me. Do not leave me here. Ah, there you go. There you go. Everybody out dancing now? Okay, it definitely looks like I've lost a listener anyway. Somebody is really taking me to task for praising the Gardaí and saying the truth hurts, Patricia, you're a disgrace. I still 100% support what they did. I thought it just brightened people up on a dreary day. Catherine says, hi, Patricia, I agree with John. I couldn't even look at it. And Marie says, hi, Patricia, I hope this message finds you well. Well done to Angarda Corner for the dance. They put a smile on my face. I'm currently nursing a broken foot. <laughs> uh, tell John to stop complaining thanking you and then someone said oh my god is that all John has to complain about he is being a right sourpuss okay that's just some of the comments uh, coming in somebody else says turn off that muck I think it's a great song Jerusalem Okay, and just a couple more. Uh, ah, John, what is wrong with you? Two minutes of dancing, it really cheered me up. And someone else says, oh my goodness, John is the new Karen. The country needed to lift and Angarda Shia did it. I have to say, uh, our own Gardaí will be hard to beat. Yeah, and they've put the challenge out now. To I think actually they should have challenged another, gar- another police force like what the Swiss police did because it was the Swiss police got it into their head to do it. I think that that's what they, that, that's the only opportunity they missed they should have challenged somebody else at the end anyway you can go on to all of our social media uh, pages if you haven't seen it yet our own uh, Gardaí with their arresting moves I don't know which journalist came up with that but I thought that that was a, a great great fa- phrase okay eighteen fifty three 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 one zero three. let me go to some of your comments on different issues that are coming in uh, to us this is on the possible increasing of charges at the civic immunity uh, sites hi Patricia I'd like to pass comment on what Councillor Christopher O'Sullivan spoke about and that was to do with the rise, rise in charges at the civic community sites. Now as we heard yesterday they put a hold on them for the moment and whether it's when it's going to happen we're still waiting on confirmation. Anyway this listener says the cost for me, by the way I run a small business has tripled in price over the past six months. They're putting people off going there. Why are they making this so difficult for people who are just simply trying to do the right thing and I think that's one of the dangers that we mentioned yesterday when we spoke about the idea of the prices going up double in some cases from the civic community side. That would be be my big fear. We need to make it as easy and as cheap as possible for people to do the right thing when it comes to recycling. And I think if we make it difficult for people, that's what happens. You'll end up getting uh, dumping all over the place and just nobody, absolutely nobody uh, wants that. Now, 
my gut instinct tells me that this is a scam and I know John Paul is trying to look into it for us but a listener but I give it out to see has anybody else received a similar text Hi Patricia could you ask your listeners please has anybody had this experience I'm waiting on a package now the package is less than 120 euro in value and it's been held up at customs Customs now say they want a copy of my credit card or a copy of my PayPal to show proof of payment. Otherwise, they say the goods could be destroyed or that I will be charged fees for storage. I'm really taken aback. I've never heard of revenue looking for a copy of a credit card or a PayPal but maybe with Brexit, I don't know if this is something new. But what certainly leads me to believe it also is a scam. Would revenue say, would customs say they're going to destroy something or charge you fees uh, for storage? Anyway, we put it out there to see, has that happened to anybody else? Has anybody had a similar text? And in the meantime, as I said, John Paul is going to check in with, uh, with customs just to see. My instinct tells me that it is some kind of a scam, but leave it with us, uh, please. On vaccination centres, somebody says, Patricia, every parish has a GAA club. Could they not just pick a central location in every area and run mass vaccinations? Actually, somebody else on vaccinations, Tom in Rathgormack, cannot understand why are they not vaccinating people 24 hours a day or at least operate longer days. I think people wouldn't mind getting up and heading out at 3am in the morning if they knew they were going to get vaccinated. Also, they should open up community halls in local areas. They're sitting idle at the moment uh, with nobody using them. People are dying. People want these vaccines. The vaccines might save lives. The problem there is, Tom, we don't have enough vaccines it's when eventually there will come a time but it'll be later on in the year we'll be flooded with uh, vaccines but at the moment there just isn't enough vaccines and in fairness to the HSC and the rollout of the vaccines as soon as they come into this country they've been pushed they've been put into somebody's arm they are there's no there's certainly no vaccines lying around in storage but it's the delay in getting the vaccine into this country that, that we're having a problem with I mentioned NCT earlier and the fact that there is an extension of four months on uh, NCTs for a lot of people. Somebody wants to know, will the NCT for next year be a year from the new date that we get it for this year? And I checked that out. Does the extension apply for all subsequent test dates? Yes, it does. The date, your date is being permanently reset and will be your car's new test date into the uh, future. So yes, you will get, because I think people are worried that they will be losing out on four months. Uh, they won't. And staying on value vaccines and student nurses. Lizzie says, Patricia, I'm sorry now to keep on about student nurses, but listening this morning to the question about vaccinations, etc., I'm wondering, would it not be possible that all third and fourth year student nurses could be given the job of vaccinating people and pay them to do the job? I'm a mother of a third year student nurse and I feel they really are getting a raw deal the whole time. Here's the opportunity to let them earn some money while also continuing with their training. The government said they felt it wasn't right to pay them while they were on placement while other because of like other students but come on like they're probably the only group of students who get nothing at all and they're working 30 hours a week so it isn't even that they have an opportunity to work part time because so much of their time is spent on placement just a thought says Lizzie speaking on behalf of her own daughter who is a third year student and all of the student third and fourth year nurses yeah and they'd be well able to do it as well and and it would be great training for them as well in, in dealing with members of the public and 
you know, those skills that nurses need, those skills of communicating with uh, people. Yeah, Lizzie, I think it's a, I do think it is a, a terrific uh, idea for sure. And for my listeners, says, Patricia, I'm wondering, you know, the people that were fined going to the airports about to take flights, will they, are they turned back and unable to travel? Uh, thanking you, says a Formoy listener. No, they're fined. Um, hundred euro at the moment, but it goes to five hundred euro from. Is it has it gone to five hundred euro from next week? The fine for breaching the COVID nineteen restrictions to travel overseas has been increased to five hundred euro. I think that's from uh, this uh, week. Gardaí handed out two hundred and eighty fines at Dublin Airport for breaches of the travel rules last week. And I was reading uh, a piece yesterday when they were talking about the fine being increased. If you're stopped on the way to air- the airport, where are you going? I'm going away on holidays. Well, that's not an essential journey. You'll be fined €500. You're sent on your merry way. Yes, you can board the plane. They can't stop you boarding the plane, going on holidays. But on the way back, if you get stopped by the Gardaí coming out of Dublin airport and they say, where are you going? I'm just off the flight. I was over there in Lanzarote for the last two weeks. You'll get fined another €500 if you're you're stopped uh, uh, as well. But no, they can't. The laws are not there to stop people getting on a uh, flight. Uh, 1850-333-103. Lines open. C103 Jobs. Part-time trainee bicycle mechanic slash sales advisor wanted. That's for Cycle Scene Bike Shop. That's in Blarney. Kehoe Seafood in Bantry. They've got a vacancy for a general operative. While a full-time farm labourer is required, that's for the Fremont Charleville Canturk area. And a full and part-time farm operator positions are available in the Mill Street Mornabbey areas. You'll find all the details and more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. cmig.ie. Former Labour Senator John Gilroy was uh, featured in yesterday's Irish Examiner saying he's been driven round the bend by Air Broadband's customer service. Uh, John Gilmore, Gilroy joins me to share his tales of woe this morning. Good morning to you, John. Good morning, Patricia. Uh, John, what is it with Air when it comes to customer support? Um, outline the problems you personally have been experiencing. Well, I suppose the first thing I could say is that the actual service that Air provides isn't bad at all. Um, I had a few problems over the Christmas, all right, um, and I, I tried to get onto Air and, and really took me a long time to... But, you know, I put that down, you know, it's a Christmas period, it's COVID, it's all this thing. Um, but there's been a lot of complaints about Air. And last Thursday, um, my service went down. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, and um, I rang them, so... Yeah, we get through to them. So I queued, I rang, and it took me 19 minutes to get onto them before the phone was answered. Um, when I got through to customer service, they told me I needed my landline number. Now there was no mention of a landline number at all on all the, you know, the recorded messages. And when I said to the fella, um, "Hold on a minute, I see, can I find it?" He says, "Oh, it is an incomplete call," and he hung up on me. Now, when he oh. sa- sorry, when he said your landline number, your customer, your account number. No, no, the, the number of the landline. And do you account. not know it? Well, sure, I haven't used it in ten years because I you, use you, a mobile number. You don't know your landline. No, I never use. I don't even have a phone. Don't even use it because. Oh, okay. Yeah, because okay. the only reason we use the landline is for the broadband. All right. Okay. All right. Sorry. So, sorry. So we have mobile. Yeah, we have mobile numbers. So sorry. Know. So he says to you, go away off. You said, hang on a minute, and I'll, and I'll go get it. And he, and yeah. he said what? 
oh, that's an incomplete call. And he hung up before I could say another word. So I said, that's grand, that's grand. I said, I'll ring back. So I rang back and I said, your waiting time is less than 10 minutes. 17 minutes later, I got cut off. So I rang back again. And it said, your waiting time is less than 10 minutes. And um, I got through eventually um, after 19 minutes this time. And um, the girl said, oh, you're through to the wrong number. You're through to a mobile broadband. And I I said, okay, that's grand. You might transfer me to the right side. I can't have no facility to transfer issues in. I said, oh my God, right, okay. So I hung up again. And I rang back again. And uh, my waiting time was less than 10 minutes. And about 25 minutes later, I got put through. And you know what they said? What? Our call service, our call centre is closed. (laughs) 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 So now I I said to myself, am I going to throw the phone out the window or am I going to throw myself out the window? I don't know which it was going to be. But um, so I just put on Facebook to say, look, this is just remarkable. And I got an amazing response on Facebook, actually. Um, Everyone, not not one not one complimentary um, uh, uh, response, I can tell you. I see then in the examiner yesterday, um, when the newcomer asked for a response to this, they said that their average um, answering time is five minutes. Mm. Now, that seems to be completely at variance with every person I've spoken to about this. And I'm just looking at my Facebook page here, and there's 46 replies on it. And um, everyone's saying they can't get through this. When they get through, it's the wrong number. The services is terrible. The customer service, that is. And that seems to be. But I did notice when I read that, I said, oh, that certainly isn't my experience or the experience of people who are communicating with me. So I thought about this and I said, maybe Aircom are not telling lies about this. Surely they're not. Surely they're when they say that you can get through in five minutes, you can. And my guess is that, of course, you can. Because the first thing the recorded voice says if you want to pay your bill, press one. So, of course, you can pay your bill within five minutes, but you can't get any customer service. Yeah, but yeah. You think that's that's what they're talking about I, when I, they say the know. average wait I, time is... is yeah. Because Comreg, who, you know, when people get really frustrated mm. and are really not getting their problems sorted out, that's when you go to Comreg. I mean, Comreg say that two-thirds of all of their complaints come from air customers. That's and, that's shocking. But, I mean, what what is it with air? I mean, why... Why can other companies, not just telecommunication companies, but other companies who are major companies with customer services, not attract the number of complaints that they have? I mean, they're established long enough. Is it a deliberate policy, maybe playing on the fact that us customers are generally conservative people and mightn't be bothered changing our contracts because it's too much trouble or something? And maybe they are, 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 are factoring that into their lack of service. Um, mm. Like I said, the, the coverage itself. I mean, I've had very little to complain about, really. Bit yeah, it's a good, sorry, yeah, it's a great, but, it's a great service. Yeah, a, yeah well, but no, they, no, they yeah. certainly seem to turn people off with their well, I, customer well, I service. I, I can, I can. I found luckily that my I'm out of contract, so I cancelled my my bill. Did you? I did. Yeah. Now I'm still in contract with me phones. Okay, until November. But I can tell you, as soon as November comes, I'll be cancelling most of the bill. Um, I mean, it's it's just. It's one thing, you know, having a poor service, but it's another thing not to be treated like an Egypt, you know. And that's that's the way I feel that, that AIR are treating their customers. AIR say that they hired more than 200 care agents uh, in recent months because I know that there was an issue that they didn't have enough staff. Uh, but they say they've hired uh, 200. But I mean, you're talking about 
something that's happened in the last week. Like it wasn't, so you're not coming on so this happened to me last June. So if they have hired 200, then maybe they need to hire another 200. Well, where are they? I mean, I, I know there that um, um, the Tónista and Minister for Communications met with Aircom last November, December, and uh, um, I've got all sorts of great promises out of them. And yes, here we are two months later, and the service seems to be just, just as appalling as ever. And it's not just on social media that people connected with you when you, when people realised that you were... Comp- you've been stopped on the street almost. Well, that's, that's, that's a remarkable thing. Um, I, I, I think a lot of people um, on social media don't actually communicate on social media but do use it for information. But I was like walking the following day. Um, well, I'm supposed to be jogging, but I suppose <laughs> it looks more like walking. But uh, three people actually stopped me. I said, fuck, oh, I see you and I see you're giving a hug about air comments. I, I mean, I, and all those three people had negative stories to tell me as well. Yeah. So, um, so everyone can't be wrong. And the thing is, this, because we're all told to, where possible, work from home, people need their phones and their broadbands now more than ever. Well, well my daughter's working from home here. I am totally reliant on it. And she was using hotspotting on her, on her phone for um, for um, to, to get, get um, the signal. Because as soon as I cancelled that contract, of course, I'd cut off. I wouldn't you know it. Um, and look at that. I mean, it's if you're depending on broadband, like I say, the service is okay. There's no question about it. But it's the customer service is where the problem is. Mm. If you have a problem, you just can't get somebody to talk to. And anyone, I think, when you, when you ring anywhere, I mean, I think 10 minutes is reasonable. I mean, if it's a big company and they're very busy, I will willingly hang on for 10 minutes. But I think when it gets past the 10 minutes... Yeah, I mean... We look, just, we so we just don't have that much time in the day to be sitting around waiting with a phone up to your ear waiting for somebody to go hello how can I help you well even if even if they said look sometimes they say your, your waiting time is more than 20 minutes but even at that you know you'd say oh God, that's terrible but look you'd stick it if you, if you had a problem but after waiting 20 minutes surely you think that you'd find someone who could help you like I mean I got through to them three times last week and none of the three people that I got through to could help me I mean, even though I got through eventually speaking to people, none, none of them could help me. One that hung up. The other one was um, through the wrong number. And um, then, then, then the call So, they, so they, you never got the problem solved? I didn't get the problem solved, no. Uh. No. I don't even know what the problem was. <laughs> <laughs> so so your, uh, your advice to Air is get more. If, 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 if the problem is that they're swamped with calls... And I don't know how they are because, as you say, they're, they are a good service. They can't be having yeah. that many, that many breakdowns. Just get more. If they've if they've hired two hundred, then hire another two hundred. Well, I suppose if they're not going to listen to Leo Faradkar and Eamon Ryan, they're hardly going to listen to me. But I mean, one thing is, if more people were to take the action that I took and cancelled my service, or at least um, committed not to renewing their service, well, then maybe it would sit up and take more heat. Yeah. And, and stop stop treating us like yeah. And I'm, I'm convinced. I'm, I'm sure you're not the only person who got that frustrated and it decided yeah. to cancel the contract too. Okay, you're keeping well anyway, John. You are. Oh, I'm fantastic. Yeah, Good. Good. I've, I've retired from politics. Or maybe politics retired me. So okay. uh, yeah, I'm, I'm keeping great. Um, you you, you said you were out jogging. Have you taken up jogging during the pandemic? Well, I suppose I, it looks like jogging, but I'm not sure what it looks like from uh, from from outside my own brain. It feels like jogging. Well done, well done. Yeah. It's great so, to get out and about and get the bit of exercise when uh, you can. Yeah. All right, listen, stay safe, and thank you for that, John. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Bye-bye. That is former Labour uh, Senator John uh, Gilroy. We are looking for contestants now, please, to take part in Ken's Pure Cork 
quiz. You'll join me on air. You need to answer three Cork questions in 20 seconds. We had a winner yesterday. Martina had a winner yesterday afternoon and Ken had a winner on the breakfast show this morning. You need to get texting or WhatsApping now to 0862 103 103. We will select one of the texters who contact us. Join me on air. Answer the three questions. Let me take a look at the questions. Mm, I think the questions are doable today but as I say, when you join us, you've only got 20 seconds. You need to get your answers out as quickly as as you can and by doing that by answering our three questions you will win free cash 103 euro so get texting or whatsapping on that now please to 0862 103 103 there's a lot of whatsapps in reacting to um reacting to John who joined us about the Garda uh, dance and the the Jerusalem dance and uh, John I'm very much against it thinks it's uh, the wrong thing for the Gardaí uh, to be doing it somebody says Patricia I'm surprised at your attitude to the caller John read the Garda dance because I felt that because you didn't agree you weren't nice to him and kept playing the music afterwards which came across as nasty you're a broadcaster so it's so it's what the people say makes the conversation and keeps your programme running. God, I hope I wasn't in any, any way offensive to uh, to John. And uh, I've had John on many, many, many times on the programme. I hope in any way he doesn't think I was being offensive. I wanted to play the song so that people could hear it because I think the song brightens up people. That was the reason that I was playing it towards uh, the end. Actually, somebody says, does John work uh, at anything? I have radio at work and he seems to be on every radio station complaining all of the time. If he had something to do, he might be able to sleep at night and stop talking rubbish. And that's says Dennis, who says, fair play to Ungarda Siakona. I thought it was uh, great. Hi, Patricia. When you were talking about the Garda video, you mentioned Mary Gardner. Mary Gardner, who is a Garda stationed down in Kerry, who was the Garda who got it off the ground because she did the piece. Was it Show Me The Way to Amarillo? Do you remember during the first lockdown, she put a piece together for local people in, in Tralee? I'm sure she is. Anyway, somebody says, just to let you know Mary Gardner is actually a Cork woman she's from Blackpool I think my sentiments exactly by the way what a lovely uplifting event in these challenging uh, times take care of your uh, self someone else says love the video and love the dance people should really stop and see the joy and the fun in it all life is short live laugh and love it seems the pandemic and all the pain and all the loss in the world will never soften some people's hearts while I am loving it and now can almost do it well done uh, Mary I've been practising it since the beginning of lockdown I'm just not the very good dancer I just never seem to be able to to do it but I enjoy doing it and that's the main thing someone says do mind them Patricia there will always be kill joys play the song away I suggest you should play it even more you know the way a song that you don't like gets stuck in your head and you end up humming it all of the day for the kill joys out there can I say I enjoyed that video I enjoyed the song and thank you for playing it. If I had my way, says Colette, I'd be asking you to play it more. Uh, Patricia, I'm behind this. Is, thank you for that, uh, Colette. Catherine says, I'm behind the Gardaí 100%. I think they're brilliant. I really enjoyed watching it and I smiled from ear to ear. That's Catherine in Cork. And I think that's what it was all about. That's the reason that the Gardaí 
gave up their own free time to put it together was just giving a little bit of brightness uh, to some people. Well done to the guard. The says somebody else really enjoyed it. Tell them to keep up the good work. Someone says John sounds like he'd be great crack at a party. <laughs> And I know John would laugh at that comment himself. Someone else says, Hi, John, what a misery guts you are. The Gardaí were fab. It lightened the day. John really needs to get a life. And just one final one. Yes, I agree with you, Patricia. It cheered me up too on a very miserable day. Fair play to Angarda Shiakona. People really need to get over themselves. Have we lost the ability to have fun? Yeah. Yeah, that's what it is. Listen, it was just a bit of fun and they didn't offend anyone and they didn't go out to offend anyone and they didn't, you know, they just went, they they heard about the challenge, they saw, and there was only, if you if you look at them, there isn't that many really involved uh, in it and I don't know who edited it and put it together. There's obviously somebody good at Angarda Shiakona at putting it uh, together. But what's important to point out, they all did it in their off duty. There was no one, you know, when people are saying, should they be out? catching the real criminals it wasn't that they took time out from their actual working duty they did it in their off time 1850 John Paul uh, continues to take your calls I can see gardening questions coming in keep those coming in please because uh, we'll be going to Peter Dowdle um, after half past 12 uh, today but I need to take a break because coming up next we're going to have a listener join me on air to play a round of Ken's Pure Cork Quiz Cork Today on C103 with John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Ken's Pure Core Quiz. We've got thousands of euro to give away on C103. And we started with the winning yesterday. I had my first winner yesterday. Martina had a winner and then Ken had a winner uh, today. We have thousands of euro uh, to give away in this uh, competition and I want to try to give 103 euro to Anne Deneen in Ballantemple. Good morning to Anne. Good morning Patricia. How have, are you? Have you a radio on in the background? I have, I turn it you just, just turn it down because there'll be a little bit of a delay uh, on it. Now, this All is right. Andeneen in Ballantemple. How are you today, Anne? I'm very good, thank you. Yeah, nervous. You're... Oh, don't be nervous at all. We've got three <laughs> questions that you have to answer. And if you okay. answer them, it's in 20 seconds. So shout the answer out as soon as you hear the question and as soon as you think you have the answer, Okay. Okay, and if I say pass? Uh, no, don't say, no, there's no, don't pass because there's only 20 seconds. There won't be time to return. So just come out okay. with an answer really quickly, okay? okay? They're doable. They're doable. They're doable. Okay, here we go. All right, let me, where am I going next? Here we go. Are you ready for it? Three, two, one. The class ticket. Okay, true or false? Cork train station is named after Thomas Kent. How many floors are in Cork County Hall? 17 or 37? 37. What Cork Town hosted Independence Music Festival? Cork Town Music Festival. Ah, no, no. You see, see, it, it it all seems easier when I'm sitting here looking at the answers. You got the first one right. Uh, Kent Station is named after uh, Thomas Kent. How many floors are there in Cork County Hall? I did this with John Paul this morning. I got it wrong as well. Uh, I I said 37. It was actually only 17. And John Paul has been in the building and said, when you go into the lift, it says 17. I said, I've never been in the lift, so I didn't know it was 17. And the Cork Town where Independence Music Festival is on is Mitchellstown. It's it's Mitchellstown. Listen, you can try again. 
Okay. Will you do that? Million. Okay. Listen. I will indeed. Have a good day. Have a good day. Uh, thanks a million. That is Andine in. Uh, thank you. That's Andine in uh, Ballin Temple. We'll play another round this afternoon with Nick. Nick will give you the chance to win the 103 uh, euro. Martina does it again uh, on her programme. And then we're back all over again tomorrow morning with Kenneth to celebrate the brand new breakfast show here on C103 with uh, Ken Tobel. And Ken plays twice in the morning at 20 past seven and at 20 past 8 on Cork's More Music Breakfast. So you have lots of ways to win because we have thousands of yours and we really do want to give it away. Okay, keep your questions coming in for Peter Dowdle please because Peter will be joining us in the next hour. He'll be answering all of your uh, gardening uh, questions on air that we dealt with on this hour in the programme with uh, John Gilroy who, who said he's actually so annoyed with the bad customer service that he has decided to cancel and go with a new provider. Uh, Angela Ingrena says Hi Patricia, also sick of reporting no reception or broadband from air. I'm doing the same thing as John, I'm going to leave them. But then listen to this uh, text that has just come in to us. Hi Patricia, listening to John complaining about air. My experience with air last week was the direct opposite. Had a problem with my landline. I got through to air in less than four minutes person on the other end of the line told me an engineer would call within two days. The engineer actually arrived the following day and fixed the problem. Both the person on the phone line and the serviceman were courteous and efficient. I contrast that with the poor service I have had from another company when reporting a fault with my mobile phone. So there is no name on that, but there is somebody who is 100% satisfied with the service that they got from uh, AIR. And a North Cork listener says, uh, Patricia, um, on the matter of not being able to get through to somebody on the phone, I've been trying to get hold of somebody in the council. I've been trying for three weeks, since three weeks before Christmas. We're now into February. So that's seven or eight weeks says a North Cork listener and I'm not getting uh, anywhere so you can get bad customer service in a whole variety of uh, different places. A reminder to you to join Trevor Welch on c103.ie this Saturday. It's for the Premier League Live exclusively online powered by Talk Sport. This Saturday it's Aston Villa versus Arsenal. That's at 12.30. Newcastle United versus Southampton at 3. Fulham will take on West Ham United at 5.30 and then Manchester United take on Everton that's at 8pm that is the Premier League live online with Now TV stream live action from BT Sport and Premier Sports on the Now TV Sports Extra Pass live Saturdays on the C103 app or you can go to c103.ie and some of your texts coming in to us. Keep the gardening ones coming for Peter Dowdle, please. Eileen in Mitchellstown, this is some of your WhatsApps coming in. This is to do with air and uh, the, the John speaking to us in the la- in this hour and the problems he's been having with, uh, the problems he had with air. Eileen says, oh my God, what we thought was a simple request from air turned out to be a three-month nightmare. Due to the pandemic, we unfortunately had to close our business and just wished to change from a business line to a private line. I lost track of the hours we held on the phone to be told you're on to the wrong number. But hooray, last week we finally got sorted. One brave and courageous guy actually gave us his mobile telephone number and promised he would sort it out, which he did. We are in a catch-22 as where we live. 
under the Galtee Mountains air is the only service in the area uh, well done uh, Patricia be safe says Eileen in Mitchellstown and the same to you and sorry to hear that your business had to uh, close down but this time will pass and hopefully everything will get back to normal again and maybe you'll be able to get your business back up and uh, running and still lots of texts and calls coming in about the Gardaí and their dance Mag says hi Patricia I think I thought it was fantastic to see Angarda Shikona doing their dance routine. And yes, they're human just like uh, us. Uh, when the pandemic came, I saw Gardi, Gar, members of Angarda Shikona delivering food to people and checking up on elderly people just to make sure they were OK. And it's good for young people to see the fun and the human side of them as well. Some people seem to think it's us against them and don't realise if we didn't have Angarda Shikona, uh, what a lawless state we would live in and where would we, would we so let's have fun with them. They're doing a tough enough job. If people saw that programme on the quay a few weeks ago, that's that area of Dublin where the, pol- where the police are, uh, they would see that they put their lives in danger every single day when they head out. That was, God, that was a scary programme. Mag, I watched it as well. It ran over a couple of weeks, um, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, thank you for that, Mag, and stay safe uh, yourself. And a listener says, your belittling of John is out of order. The Gardaí are, are a disgrace. I didn't belittle John and I think if I rang rang John back I think John saw the funny side even though he loves to give out about things but he saw the fun side of it uh, as well but thank you for your text. Marie says I've often heard John on the radio and I don't think I've ever agreed with him until now. A good friend of ours died yesterday and then I saw and thought oh my God what an insult to all the people and what they are going through at the moment says Marie. Ah Marie listen I really am sorry to hear of the loss of uh, your friend but you know I don't think in any way the Gardaí would in any way headed out to offend anyone and that wasn't the idea certainly behind and the rationale behind the the video but sorry to hear about uh, the loss of uh, your friend. And someone else says it was the best feel good song around for a while. Fair play to Angarda Shikona. They did us proud. I smile every time I hear that uh, song. And someone else says hi Patricia I thoroughly enjoyed the Gardaí dancing. It actually brightened up my day yesterday for sure. Well done. Have a great day and the same to you. Okay, I need to take a break. We have news at 12 midday on the way. We'll take a look at more of your calls and comments uh, coming in and we'll have Peter Dowdle answering all of your gardening questions. 1850-333-103. Text or WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. About the Garda Shia dance and there's a, there's a divide. I think more people are in favour of it and thought it was a great thing, but there were others who didn't agree with what Garda Shia Kona did, including Mary and Damanway says, Hi, if we, the general public, posted up a socially distant video of ourselves dancing, would we not get a knock on the door from the Gardaí? So can we do it? Great, let's organise it, everyone, says Mary and Damanway. Well, actually, I heard Mary Gardner, the, the member for Garda Shia who organised the dance she actually said she actually said to people go away now and practice your own and do your own you absolutely can do a socially distant video Mary if it's within your 5k you can get your family uh, member your social bubble whoever you're with make sure you're socially distanced because that's the one thing in the video they're all socially distanced they're all wearing masks and once you're doing everything right so yeah no there's no guard that would be knocking on your door saying what are you doing posting up a, a visit of doing the Jerusalem uh, dance so good luck with it uh, Mary if you decide to do it Tim 
in y'all says, come on, not now. I'm not a killjoy. They have a serious job to be doing and they're constantly being monitored by all sectors of society. It's not, according to Tim and y'all, sending out a good impression. I'm glad you confirmed that they did it on their own time on off duty and not on taxpayers' money. It's bad enough that the education sector are being paid for sitting at home. Oh, Tim, I don't think teachers will be very happy with with that comment as teachers sitting at home doing nothing. I'm not sending out a good impression. I, they're human beings and they have off time as well. I don't I don't think that's not, not that they are not sending out a good impression by sh- showing that they can dance and do a few moves and do something to brighten up people people's day. So I don't agree with you on that, uh, Tim, but thank you. You are entitled uh, to your comment. Hi, Patricia. Well done. I agree. Great to see the Gardaí have a sense of humour as well as doing what is a very difficult uh, job. Patricia, we all need a cheering up, says this uh, texter. But in dealing with a serious matter like a pandemic, the Gardaí, like Micheál Martin, should lead by example and out of respect for the dead, if nothing else. If those Gardaí were off duty, they were citizens, as wrong as anybody else who would go to the beach beyond their 5k limit. Go easy on John, who joined you on the programme. I'm sure he likes a laugh as much as anybody else, as long as the bit of fun is appropriately done by people living within their 5k of the beach or wherever no point having rules if those enforcing them are breaking them before our very eyes sometimes the child in all of us has to grow up and maybe this is such a time uh, sadly again I go back to it was Gardaí from all over the country so the Gardaí that were in Kerry could well have been gone to Banna Beach and could well have been within their 5k I don't think it was Gardaí from around the country travelling around it was Gardaí in their own areas were filming. It was, you know, different groups of Gardaí learned the dance and then filmed it in their own area. So I don't think any of them were outside of their 5k. Martin Infamoy says, come on, the guards, everybody should be doing what they did. It was great stuff. Someone else says it was brilliant. Guard the video showed they have a fun side. Well done and fair play to them. It was uh, fantastic. Pat said, listening to people talking about the dancing Gardaí, I see nothing wrong with it. In fact, uh, Mary... I can't say that about Mary Gardner, but uh, Pat thinks Mary Gardner is very attractive. I wouldn't mind dancing the night away with her, says uh, Pat. And Sandy says, on guard the dancing, in line of psychological harm, confinement or lack of social interaction is having on older people or those with mental health issues, despite their good work says the screen has just jumped to me. Despite their good work, the video of Gardy dancing on a beach, not the music, is like, look at what we can do. They should have thought of more appropriate locations, says uh, Sandy. I think the rationale behind it as well, because it will go globally. This will go viral. The fact that it was the Swiss police got us to do it. It will go go viral. I think the idea is, is to show off the country as well and show off what a beautiful island we live in and let other people around the world see what a beautiful place we live. So I think that was the reason for all of the different uh, locations. And someone says the guards were very good and they're good at their job. Uh, well done. Tell them, keep it up. Three cheers. OK, that's just a sample. As I say, I can't get uh, to all of them. I'm trying to balance them out, the ones for and against. The majority are four, I have to say. OK, 1850-333-103. What else is coming into us on air that we were discussing in poor customer service? Uh, Tim says, people with landlines probably have their original contract, which back in back in the day would have been posts and telegraphs. About 25 years ago, the company was privatised and then it became Telecom Aaron. Then it became Aircom 
and then it became air. When people phone in with complaints, they can at times be talking to a call centre in India or in China, though they have postbox numbers in Limerick or an office in Dublin. Every island nation should have its own communications run by its own state. We are, have already lost control of Aer Lingus and let Irish shipping go. Where is B and I now, says uh, Tim. Finbar and Bantry says, Patricia, my uncle in his 80s has no landline and had no landline for 17 days over Christmas. The fault was was reported, but he was without landline for 17 days. It was an absolute disgrace, says Finbar and Bantry. And if it was a man in his 80s living alone, and of course, if you need the landline, if you have one of the you know the panic buttons, you need to have the landline for that as well. So that, that is a tricky one. Catherine in Glanmire comes in defence of the council when somebody said they're having problems getting through to the council. Uh, Patricia, hi. I got onto the council on Monday. Straight away, somebody answered the phone and they had somebody out to me the very next day. I find their service most excellent. Job was done. Great, great service. And that's from Catherine in uh, Glanmire. There are questions for Peter. Thank you for that. Let me look at some of the WhatsApps in. I am a customer of AIR, says this uh, texter for a long time. I find them very good for fixing falls. Sometimes it can take a bit of time to get through to actually physically speak to a human uh, being. Um, but like every other company I have dealt with, they find the once they fix the falls, once you get through to somebody, they'll come out and fix the falls and they'll do it very uh, fast. Uh, most of the time, they don't even charge you for whatever the problem is. This con interrupt. And so he's understanding that all companies can have, there can be times where they're going to be busy and that there will be uh, delays. So he has, uh, he's a, a very satisfied customer of uh, air. The man with the air problem says a Charleville uh, listener will still be depending on air for the phone line, moving to another provider only means it may take longer to solve a problem if he has a problem in the future. 1850-333-103 and then some listeners responding to our comment in earlier came in it was one of the first texts I got in this morning from somebody and I straight away said that to me looks like a scam it was the listener who is waiting on a package and they've ordered something obviously coming from the United Kingdom, certainly from overseas, and it's under €120, so they're not expecting that they'll have to pay any taxes on it. And they're after getting communication to say it's been held up in customs. They want a copy of my credit card or a PayPal to show proof of payment. And they say, otherwise, the goods will be destroyed or you'll be charged fees for storage. A couple of people responding to that. Hi, Patricia, I got an email and my mum got a text because we used her mobile for the item that we purchased because the item was purchased for her. We got it in January from DPD telling us our goods had been delayed due to customs. Then a few days later, we had another one from DPD looking for money before I could get the shoes released. They were shoes I'd ordered from Clark's. I paid using PayPal. Then we got an email a day or two later to say our item had cleared customs. Within two days, the shoes arrived. There is no way a copy of your credit card would be needed for payment to get goods that you order from the UK it is definitely a scam. In the place where I work, we're told by a, about a lot of these scams that could happen and we have been told to look out for them. And in fairness, we were giving warnings at the back end of last year when we knew Bre- Brexit was coming. We were warning people to be very careful that the scam artists would start using scams completely related to customs and paying duty and paying tax and VAT, etc. And that's exactly what they did. And Mary in Kinsale said... 
she got a similar email. She even got a photograph of the parcel that they said was waiting for her. She said it nearly convinced me that it was my parcel, but we checked it out and it was a pure scam. My parcel did arrive after that. Uh, but after I got the photograph, I was convinced. But it was the very same email that the lady was talking about. They were looking for credit card details or PayPal. Um, and, I, I, and Mary said I actually got it a few times, but I realised very quickly that it was a scam. OK, so just please be very, very careful careful. Those scam artists are for, unfortunately are there. They're, they're there all the time and they're just ready and waiting to pounce on you. Uh, 1850 Keep your gardening questions coming for Peter please. You can call John Paul or you can text her WhatsApp 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council's Community Support Programme. If you or anyone you know needs help in accessing non-emergency and non-medical supports or advice, see Cork Coco. Mornabi Community, they will commemorate the centenary of the ambush at Mornabi. It'll happen on the weekend of the 13th of uh, February. They're asking people to have uh, a lighted candle in the window of every house in the parish. Now, a wreath will be laid at the War of Independence monument and the national flag will be at half-mast on February 13th, 14th and 15th. The Heritage Association will publish their book, The Story of the Mornabi Ambush, and it will be available on that weekend also. Ambera Family Resource Centre are running online classes through Zoom on wellbeing. They're doing them on Tuesdays at 11am. They're all free and they're facilitated by experienced support workers. They also have online sessions on mindfulness and self-care tips for mums. That's on Wednesday mornings at 11 and then evening sessions on listening skills for parents and carers. That's at 5 in the evening on a Wednesday. To register for any of these free courses, please contact Natalie at the Bearer Family Resource uh, Centre on 086 7806093. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. Want great advice? You know who to talk to. CMIG.ie. I knew I would get reaction to the text that came in from uh, Tim, who was given out about the Garda video and then at the same time uh, said that they're the same as the those in the education sector sitting at home doing uh, nothing. Somebody says, could you please read this text out? The absolute cheek of that texter, Tim Inyall, saying that the education sector are sitting at home doing nothing. We are working harder than ever. More cheap digs from somebody who hasn't a clue what the education sector involves. Thanking you, says a, a texter. And still more texts uh, coming in from uh, people saying well done to the Gardaí, uh, Mary and Newmarket thoroughly enjoyed the Garda uh, dancing, they're like a breath of fresh air, you should look up Garda Mary Gardner doing the Peter Kay's Amarillo, I did I saw it, it was in the early stages of lockdown wasn't it, all social distancing adhered to and that's from Mary in uh, Newmarket Hi Patricia, with those who are giving the Gardaí a hard time, just please stop now it was brilliant, well done to each and every one of them, do people realise they put their lives in danger many times in the line of uh, duty. Please people give them some credit and give them credit where it is due. Uh, Thanking you. That is from a regular uh, listener. Okay, am I, are we dropping that? Are we doing, okay, uh, let me go. What line am I going to? Sorry about this, just hang on. Take, I'm going to line one. Okay, uh, we have Councillor uh, Kevin Murphy on the line. Uh, good, good afternoon to you, Kevin. 
Hi, uh, Patricia, how are you? I'm very well. Now, you come in defence of the members of Angarda Shikona who went out and did their Jerusalem dance for us last week. I thought it was absolutely fabulous. And, uh, you know, as I said, I said to John Paul, they were going, you know, it's a little bit more than that we need to bring us out of this sort of a drab, dull, uh, sort of a near-test COVID. And, you know, it, it's, it's about time that we got to liven up ourselves as far a little bit and look at the positive side as well, you know, and that was very positive last night. And, yeah. and, and Patricia, not alone that, but I was saying as well that this has done immense help to the Irish, to the, to the Irish visual um, part of the, of the country where natural factors go all over Europe and maybe in the world as such, you know. We'll sell Ireland in time. I had a family member uh, in the UK, uh, from Ireland, living in the UK, who watched it. And uh, she said she actually got emotional watching it. She said it made her long, because obviously she can't come home, but it just made her long for, for home. She, she thought it was great. And Colin Butterman said his daughter saw the video in France, so it is gone international. Uh, even though yeah. Colin said his daughter says, tell the Gardaí not to give up the day job. Actually, they did. They did their, they did their best. <laughs> Anna says, how, how much joy the Garda dancing did yesterday. Uh, how much joy it brought into my life, even if just for one day it was lovely. I know there are people complaining, uh, but Anna said it certainly brought joy into yeah. her life. And that's what it did. It made me smile when I saw it yesterday. Yeah, I did exactly the same. I saw it last night. I thought it was absolutely superb. And I'd love to see much more of that happening. And I, I know the, the visual, the musicians now have come together again to, to do something similar to that. Um, and as, do a virtual a virtual and on, on, on musical aspect of it as well. I think that's absolutely perfect for what we need is to lift ourselves out of this kind of a low a kind of a low atmosphere that we have at the moment. Yeah, anything, anything that brings a bit of joy. Yeah. Come here, Kevin, maybe maybe you're, the gang at Cork County Council might consider doing the dance. Could, well, you, could you get it together? <laughs> we have a meeting on, we have a meeting on Friday. I'll certainly propose that and I'll say that you, that you support it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just yeah, suspend standing orders and raise it as a motion, okay? Tell them we want you, I, we want Cork I, County Council, count the elected councillors to do Jerusalem yeah. and you could all break into the individual you know you could, the West Cork gang could be together the North Cork gang could be together should there be great dancers there and Sid, listen why not <laughs> I, I, I don't I, I won't be involved in their hope <laughs> because they're too left feet for <laughs> you never know how to get up there. listen but, but I think in general terms like it is not we want some light hat we do we do as I said to you before we have, we have, we have a year, over a year now of this and it's, it's it's a very very kind of law for people, and people are really out of their out of their area such at the moment. There's no freedom; they can't go where they want to go, and their friends and neighbours and all those we can't even talk to. You know, so that's the worst of it. You see, yeah, it's a bit of a dance so, um, to cheer people but, up. But I mean, I, 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 John John Dermot is is, is quite to his opinion, but I, I think like he was way off the beam this morning, totally off the beam. You know. All right, listen. You look after yourself, Kevin. We'll do Stay that. safe. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Anthony Amado says, uh, Patricia, I'm laughing here to myself. Last week, you had people texting in saying, would you ever put on a bit of good news on the radio that we're sick of all the current affairs? And now suddenly you get a good, happy news story from the Gardaí and people are still complaining. The begrudgery, it's the begrudgery that destroys small town Ireland. And it's certainly, listening to your programme today, it does appear to be alive and uh, well. In fairness, 
the majority of people who have contacted us are 100% behind what the Gardaí have done. It's a very small majority who are against it and those people that are against it, they are entitled uh, to their opinion as well. It's Sure, isn't it the same? Something we've been discussing all week on the programme and this is, and it's very much divided people as to whether the Taoiseach should go to Washington or not. The Irish Times are picking up on this story today and they tell us that no decision has been made yet on whether the Taoiseach Micheál Martin will travel to Washington to meet Joe Biden on St. Patrick's Day. They say consideration of all possibilities, including a viral event, was continuing. So many of our listeners had suggested that. Don't go, but don't ignore the day. Could you have a Zoom call with the president instead? A government spokesperson, according to The Times, said the decision would be based on public health advice And that's going to be public health advice both in this country and in the United States of America. The spokesperson confirmed that there has yet to be a phone call between Micheál Martin and President Biden since the inauguration. But they did stress that the two men did talk after he was officially elected. It was just uh, since the inauguration they haven't spoken yet. And senior, several senior political sources who spoke to the Irish Times on condition of anonymity said the prospects for the visit remain uncertain but discussions were continuing. The uncertainty is in part due to the reluctance of the Taoiseach to accept an early vaccine, which would be expected for him to visit. If the visit was to go ahead, it looks like the United States would insist that he got vaccinated beforehand and sources around the government have privately discussed the potential political fallout if the Taoiseach and indeed other members of the cabinet were to be afforded priority of the vaccine shots in the coming week, weeks. Uh, two sources familiar with the discussion said that they expected a political storm if Micheál Martin or any of his ministers were prioritised for a vaccine. A government spokesman yesterday confirmed that there were no plans to vaccinate any government ministers uh, early. And that puts to bed a number of people who felt that they've all received their vaccines. They haven't. And that's something that I hadn't thought about. But that could be something because the United States, because COVID is so bad in the United States and they're doing everything to try to limit the spread. They may insist that anyone who comes near their president, even though he's already received his vaccine, but they may insist that anyone comes near their, their, comes to the White House may have to be vaccinated. So that's something obviously that Micheál Martin is thinking about as well and certainly doesn't want to jump the queue particularly when we started the programme this morning talking about people in nursing homes who are still waiting on their vaccine and we know we've got frontline staff still waiting on their vaccines. And then the Echo pick up, um, they uh, chatted with some Cork TDs just to sort of get their views on how they are thinking about Micheál Martin and should Micheál Martin go uh, or uh, not. And the Foreign Affairs Minister, Simon Coveney, according to the Echo, said the Taoiseach could make the trip in a safe way. He says, my personal view is that the Taoiseach should of course go to Washington and I think that that can be managed in a way that it's safe. Cork East Labour Doll Deputy Sean Sherlock, Sherlock echoed what Simon Coveney had to say. He says the Taoiseach should travel. He should use the opportunity to reset the relationship with the US and to press for Irish immigrants in the US who have little or no uh, status. Sean Sherlock 
wants the Taoiseach, if he does go, to reinforce the message that Ireland remains a key post for pharmaceutical experts. But then on the other side of the fence, you've got Sinn Féin TD for Cork North Central, Thomas Gould. He says he doesn't think it will be appropriate for the Taoiseach to make the transatlantic trip this year. He says the visit is extremely important to the special relationship and the deep friendship our countries share. He says it's also significant for the Irish diaspora in America. However, he says, given the severity of COVID-19 crisis and the huge ask being made of people to safeguard public health. Thomas Gould says, I don't believe it will be appropriate for Antishak to make the trip on this occasion. And Mick Barry, TD for Cork North Central, is also quoted in the Echo. He says it would be a mistake if Micheál Martin made the trip. He said, I think the cancellation of the trip and holding the event online would send out a positive message about fighting the virus and the importance of restricting travel. It would be a mistake, he says, if it goes ahead in his opinion. So TDs are even divided on it. So still no decision yet has been made. Everything has been considered, all possibilities, which includes that he might travel, but also being considered is to try and have some kind of a virtual meet up with Joe Biden instead. Have a Zoom call with him. 1850-333-103. John Paul taking your calls. We are looking for your gardening questions for Peter Dowdle, uh, the our resident gardener. If you've got a question for Peter, you can text her WhatsApp 0862-103-103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie To celebrate C103's brand new breakfast show, we're giving away thousands of euro. Whatever it takes. Ken's Pure Cork Quiz is your chance to win free cash on C103. Answer three Cork questions in just 20 seconds to win 103 euro. And stay listening across the day because there's loads of chances to play. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, Things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. The top, I'm ready for whatever it takes. Ken's 
Pure Cork Quiz. Stay listening on your phone, smart speaker and radio for your chance to grab the cash. Free cash. Only on C103. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. Peter Dowdle, the IrishGardener.com, joining us on the programme this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Peter. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well. And judging by the huge number of questions in for you today, lots of people, I think, are spending lockdown out and about in the garden and getting out and about in between the showers. Yeah, it's it's kind of, <laughs> I think it's got to the point in the last couple of weeks where showers are not, you just got to get out, haven't you, for your yeah. headspace. But yeah, I think I think so many people, we talked about it briefly last week, but so many people are are using the the opportunity of lockdown, if you want to call it that, uh, to, to get out into the garden and, and to spend some time outside. And you can start to see the growth, which is fantastic. You can, and the first of the spring bulbs are even poking their heads up over yeah. the soil. Some of the very early daffs are in flower. I got pictures to my Facebook page over Christmas of daffodils in flower. So, yeah. Yeah, and actually last weekend, or last Wednesday, when we were talking with you and we mentioned the daffodils just beginning to come up, up uh, overground, uh, the amount of listeners that contacted us say, yeah, they're in full bloom in my garden or I was driving somewhere and, and I saw them, which is great. And that goes back to you, uh, the advice you always give about staggering the planting of the bulbs so that you can get some early ones and then you can get ones later. Yeah, so when your daffodil bulbs should be planted in the autumn. And so if you plant them over... As you say, if you stagger the planting over kind of six or eight weeks, that that means when they bloom, they'll bloom over a longer period too. But of course, there are there are different varieties as well. Some varieties will will flower in December every year, December January, whereas others will be in March. So there are there's thousands of different varieties of daffodil, believe it or not, or narcissus, uh, and depending on the variety, will also determine their the time of flowering. Okay, let's get straight into questions. Anne says, question for Peter, please. I have four bare, it says barefoot, but I'm assuming bare root apple trees to plant. How far apart do I plant them? Well, it depends. Yeah, I imagine that's predictive text. I imagine it is bare root apple trees, which means apple trees that aren't grown in, in a pot. So in terms of how, how, how close together do you plant them, it, Several questions come from that. In other words, do you want them to touch each other? Do you want to do you want to kind of train them that they're going to be, to be touching each other, or do you want freestanding trees? So let's presume that she just wants freestanding trees, and the question is kind of more how close should they be in terms of for the pollinators, because also depending on the apple tree will determine the overall height and spread. So I would certainly be leaving four or five meters between each tree uh, to allow them to have a good height and sp- or to have a good spread without encroaching on each other. Uh, and I mean, five, five, ten meters even more is fine for the pollinators, just so long as they're in the same garden. I mean, the bees will fly, fly between them no matter how how far away they are, really, so long as they're in the same garden. Okay, Helena says I moved my wedding tier tree and another tree during last weekend. Is there any aftercare that I should now be giving them? We had the, we had a very similar question, if not the same, last year about somebody moving a, a wedding cake tree, and uh, the wedding cake tree it's it's either the Cornus controversa, which is a bit of a mouthful of a name, or the Viburnum marisei, both of which are referred to often as a wedding cake tree. It's probably the Cornus. Um, the, the, there's no real aftercare in terms of like normally when you're moving something, I would always recommend to cut it back. So you're cutting it back over the ground to counteract root damage under the ground, but you can't really. I wouldn't really recommend doing that with with the wedding cake tree because it's grown very much for as the common name kind of tells you it's grown very much for that tiered shape so if you start interfering with that by pruning it you you could you know 
you could ruin the lovely shape. So I wouldn't cut it back so much. Maybe the tips of it, particularly if they start dying back over the next couple of months, cut them back. But the most, most, most important thing to pay attention to over the next number of months uh, is water. I know people are listening to the radio going, I can't believe he's talking about water with the, the <laughs> amount of rain that's falling from the sky. But over the next few months, the plant actually doesn't really need the water now, but it's it's from kind of March onwards when it comes back into growth right through the summer, the roots have been damaged in the move. So you will need to pour water onto that plant in the spring and summer. Could you ask Peter, is it too early to prune my roses? Uh, no, I wouldn't say it's too early at all. I normally like to have my roses pruned before the end of February. God, it's hard to believe we're in February already. But uh, before the end of February, uh, you really have up to the end of March to do them, really. But but uh, no, I wouldn't say they're too early, but I would get out and do them now. Uh, Mary in Wild West, when should I put seeds into my greenhouse? I've started them off indoors. They're sweet peas and they're about six inches in height now. Well, when she says she started them off indoors, I'm guessing she means like in the kitchen or something like that. Uh, but the greenhouse would, would still classify as indoors in terms of seeds. So you, you could absolutely find to move your sweet peas into the, the greenhouse. Now, uh, I, I did the same. I planted, started my sweet peas probably September, September, October, and they're fine plants now already. They're, they're indoors. They're in a kind of an unheated uh, greenhouse and I'll plant them out in, in probably April, May, when the hopefully when the risk of frost is subsiding. But in terms of when can she move them from her kitchen to her greenhouse, absolutely, you should be safe to do that now. But don't move them outside until the weather starts to warm up. Am I safe to cut Red Robin now, asks Mary in Carrigaline? Yeah, well, I, 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 like, I like the bit, am I safe to do it? I'm going to say yes, right? But I'm going to qualify it in a second. So yes, cut your red robin now. And the more you prune them, the bushier they'll be. And that lovely, the, the more of that lovely red growth you'll get. And I, I, I think a well-kept red robin bush or red robin hedge looks stunning. But equally, I think a poorly maintained one looks less than stunning, if you know what I mean. So I'm going to qualify it by saying it now. Yes, you could do it now, but of course we're not out of the woods in terms of, of frost and maybe even snow and low temperatures. In fact, February is very often our coldest month. Sorry to be the harbinger of doom there. But um, uh, if you cut them back, let's say today, that will promote some new growth. And then if we get a cold spell, that new growth is ve- going to be very, very tender and vulnerable vulnerable to frost damage. So, And it'll go black. So if that happens you know, don't don't give up. That, that'll only be very temporary damage. So cut it back now because February really, second half of February in particular is really the time to do it. Um, if we get a late frost or even snow afterwards, it will hopefully only be superficial damage. So don't worry. Okay. Is it okay, says a texture, to cut back Mallow, Rose of Sharon and Broom now? And I'm hoping that they all make sense. That's not predictive text. Yeah, the, the, no, they do. They okay. do. Um, Rose, Rose of Sharon, uh, I would say yes. It's the Hypericum. Um, so yes, because that will flower later on in the year. The 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 broom or Cytesis, I would say yes. It's safe to cut it back now, but I wouldn't cut it back now because it's already got its flower buds set on the stem. So if you cut the broom back now, um, you lose any flower buds. And the thing is with broom anyway, unfortunately, they don't they don't respond particularly well to a hard prune a general trim just after flowering every year gentle trim rather just after flowering every year is what i would do for the brooms they're one of these plants like lavenders and hebes and they need to be trimmed regularly but they'll never respond well to a hard haircut so i'd leave the broom alone leave them flower now when they do in a couple months time and then after that just trim them back and the other one was the mallow i wouldn't cut it back now because Whilst I was saying with the, the red robin, if we get frost damage, it'll only be superficial. If you cut back the mallow now, it will also promote some new growth and frost damage there could be could be 
the end of the road. For so it. so hold I would off wait on until that. probably April. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Mary got a present of a Ponsetti a few weeks before Christmas. Some of the leaves have started to fall off and the flowers, I'm assuming she means the coloured leaves, uh, are beginning to wither. What should I do to keep it as long as possible? The flowers are red and the others is a white variegated. I'm wondering, uh, will I be able to keep it till next year? Thanking you for all the gardening tips, says Mary. Mary, with all my advice, you've managed to keep your Ponsettia for, I'd say, about five weeks longer than I've managed to keep. Yeah, working. mine mine was with gone a week after Christmas. <laughs> my, my mine didn't even make it to Christmas. Did it I not? Oh, no. The before that. <laughs> I was laughing. Um, uh, so I can give the textbook advice. I, I'll give you the advice on what to do with it, though I'm hopeless with them. Uh, a lovely, bright, sunny position in as constant temperature as possible. Okay, and I know what happened. Mine, it got a draft, and it got it before I got it home. It was my own fault because I had it. I had it at work with me. Uh, so, with all the advice I gave, I didn't live by it. Um, so, keep it draft free, uh, as as bright a position in the in the house as possible. So, in other words, you don't want it next to a radiator, or next to a window, or next to a door where the temperature is fluctuating and drafts are getting at it. Um, water it really just keep it kind of generally moist and it doesn't like ice cold water from the tap it likes it to be kind of slightly lukewarm and i don't normally deal with fussy plants i can't be dealing with them they need to survive but even with the pancetti as i was giving it tepid water and everything and it does react better to that believe it or not uh they're native to mexico you see so when you think about it if it was in mexico it wouldn't want ice cold water <laughs> either um but so uh keep it gen- generally keep it moist draft free sunny position uh, and, and really follow that, follow those guidelines and, and that's as much as you can do. But as I say, you've managed to get it going five weeks longer than mine. So you're not doing too bad. Advice, please, for Pauline in the city on pruning apple trees and fruit trees for the first time. Well, for, if it's for the first time, then I'm presuming they're generally uh, young plants. So they're probably only a couple of years. You you just have a bit of what's called formative pruning, which is you, you'd identify the main stems and always what you want to bear in mind. And this is true whether it's formative pruning or, or what we call restorative pruning in an older, mature plant. The, the, the same principles are true. You always want to create and maintain an open centre to the fruit tree. So... What that means is you don't want branches crossing each other and a lot of congestion in the centre of the bush. You want it good and open. That allows good air circulation, Trish. And uh, good air circulation is essential to prevent the development of fungal infections like scab and botrytis and mould and mildew, which will thrive in, in areas of congestion and poor air circulation. So you want the opposite. So... Also, if you have branches that are crossing each other, they'll, they'll rub against each other and, and that leads to wounds in the bark. And again, it's like our own skin. That's where infection will come in. So you want to prevent that, avoid that. So prune to, to maybe five or six branches if, if it's a, a big enough plant, uh, but all kind of facing out, if, if you can understand what I'm saying, as opposed to facing in. Uh, and also, if you can identify the fruiting spurs, which look at this time of the year, they just look like very, very swollen leaf buds. They're much more swollen than a normal leaf bud. They're fruiting spurs, which, uh, as the name suggests, that's where your fruit is going to come next year. So you want to you want to try and keep as many of them as possible, uh, whilst removing crossing branches and and to maintain a, as good an open centre as possible. Okay, actually, when we're talking about daffodils, uh, Jane from Ballylicky said, I have my first daffodils blooming today. Yippee. And Liz says, uh, Peter, uh, Peter, I have a rose that is ready to open in skull. That's early, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, yeah. Or is it last it, year's? Is it early or is it late? No, yeah, I was just going to say, go. yeah, I wonder is it last year's? I wonder is it last year's? I should stay it on. Is. It's probably last year's, is it? 
Yeah, it's the tail end. It's, it's it's still flowering, if you like, from last summer exactly. So it hasn't. I'm taking it that it hasn't been cut back yet after last year. And this is the thing with roses. We often talk about this, Trish, like about leaving roses go to the last minute because particularly during December and January, it's very common to have a few blooms in them, and why not enjoy them? Uh, but we're at the stage now; the new growth will be beginning in a couple of weeks, please God. Uh, so I would I would cut them back before that happens as opposed to wait for that to happen because if you wait for that to happen and then cut them back, well, then you're sacrificing uh, some of the growth for next year. So I'd cut them back now. Enjoy the one that's opening up into bloom uh, and then cut them back, I would say. Okay, you've just answered the question that a lot of people are asking about is when to, when to cut back the uh, roses. Kitty in North Cork is wondering about peony roses. When is the best time to feed them and does she need to feed daffodils? Uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about feeding daffodils, no. And in fact, with any established plant in the garden, they sh- an established plant really shouldn't need feeding, provided the, the, they're like most things. If, if they've got the right conditions in the first place, then, then nature and the soil should give them every nutrient and, and mineral that they need. But So daffodils particularly should be fine. I would just look at maybe lifting and dividing them every four or five years. Uh, if you wanted to, you could could feed them with something like the nature safe tomato food with seaweed as they're dying back into the ground just to, to make sure that they have enough nutrients for next year the peonies i would feed with the nature safe uh, tomato food the one with the, the added liquid seaweed from from galway um because the more that you give it the, the better the flowers and the blooms are going to be too early to start feeding it yet i wouldn't start feeding it really until you see the first bit of growth coming up through over the ground which will probably be sometime in march okay and thank you to somebody who sent me on a gorgeous because daffodils are my favorite flowers gorgeous picture of daffodils from Beira, and they're just they're absolutely uh, stunning enjoy uh listener says hi i have rushes growing in a lawn that was reseeded last year what would peter recommend it's a difficult one to answer. It's 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 the soil that you're in. Obviously, it's 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 wet soil. Rushes are a sign of very damp, very wet soil. Often, just because of a high water table, but also often because of compacted soil. So, it's hard to advise without kind of walking on the grass and seeing it. If if it's just a high water table and it's a it's a wet, boggy area, then really there's there's very little advice I can give except maybe just digging them out every time you see them. If it's if it's not a particular necessarily a waterlogged area. Uh, it could be soil compaction, so it depends on which is hold makes that this means that the soil is holding the water. So if it's a new home or you know relatively new, or there was machinery work done there over the last few years, that would lead to soil compaction. If that is the case, or if you think that is the case, the the, the solution really is to go in and, and work the soil and put in grit to 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 open up the pores and things. That it's a lot of work. Um, it, re- it really is a lot of work and you're not guaranteed to success out of it. So I'm sorry I don't have a magic wand on that one. Is there, is, Alyssa says, is there anything I could do to generate growth in year-old copper beech hedging? Yes, I would give them a feed. Again, it's a bit too early. I'd wait till March now, but I would feed them with something like I was talking about there, the nature safe, but I wouldn't use the tomato food. The, the, the reason I go on about the nature safe, Trish, is well, number one, because it's an Irish product, but also it's it's an organic product and it's made from sustainably harvested cold pressed seaweed in, in from Galway. <coughs> Excuse me. So it's ticking all the boxes. It's keeping local families employed. They're doing it sustainably and it's organic. So, But it's a very, very good feed to give a general boost to plants. Um, so I would feed it with that nature safe liquid fee- seaweed from probably March onward. Okay, are you still with us? Yeah, you just clipped there for a second. Okay, and somebody says, can I cut a laurel hedge now? Uh, Yes, you can. I would get get that cut this month, certainly. 
Okay, all right. And you, um, what are you up to? You want you want to you want to mention something that you're up to? Well, I don't not not mention something that I, I'm up to particularly. Okay. I just want to apologise to I, I want to apologise to oh. people particularly because um, I'm getting just far too many emails and, and messages about questions, individual questions, and I just want to apologise in advance. There's no physical way I'm afraid I can get to to answer all of them. Um, so if you ha- are emailing me or Facebook messaging me, um, and if I'm not replying, it's not out of bad manners. It's just I just physically Swamps. don't have the time. Um, so I'm delighted to do it on the radio. And if by all means, put up, uh, send questions into Facebook onto my page because the community of people that, that follow the page will answer it as well. But I'm afraid if you're if you're emailing me directly, I'm sorry to say, don't expect an answer. Okay. And it's not out of bad manners. You're, too, you're way it. too busy. You're way too busy. And it just shows yeah. how gardening has taken off, which is, which is terrific. OK, listen, have a lovely week Brilliant. and uh, we will talk to you next week. Thanks, Trish. Thanks for that. Bye-bye. That is uh, Peter Dowdle of the theirishgardener.com. Do I have a couple of minutes? I do. I just want to quickly run down uh, through a couple of really nice texts that came in, particularly about the Gardaí. Uh, a listener says, Hi, I am Swiss, born in South Africa and living in Ireland. So the Garda Jerusalem video pulled at all of my heartstrings. Thank you to each and every one of the Gardaí that uh, took part. And someone else says, Patricia, do you know that one of the Gardaí dancers toured with uh, Riverdance for six years? Yeah, it's the girl out the front in the Temple Moore section, the really good Irish dancer. Yeah, I did read that. I didn't realise it was six years. I knew she had been performed uh, with Riverdance. Cathy said, Gardaí video, brilliant. I've looked at it several times with much, much uh, enjoyment. Jackie Amalo says, well, I think the Gardaí are absolutely brilliant. They certainly cheered me up. I lost my father recently. Sorry to hear that, Jackie. And he would have loved to have seen this video. Uh, what is what is wrong with the people that are giving out? Some people can be so miserable. We all need to smile. We all need to laugh whenever we can. And we'll take it from wherever we can get it at the moment. Uh, Jackie, stay safe. And once again, sympathies on the passing of your dad. And someone says, well done to a Gardaí Sheikh and their dance. We have a multi-talented force and as a nation I believe they are appreciated. And Tim and Bannon says when people ever lighten up and stop complaining about the Gardaí, they're human beings too and their moods need to be lifted like everybody else's. If they can bring into our lives and theirs go if they can bring a smile into our lives and theirs then please go first. They're manning checkpoints trying to keep us safe. Even the same people that are complaining. I have total respect, says uh, Tim in Bandon for members of Angarda Shikona. And then I'm also getting in a lot of texts from people saying that they have loved ones and relatives from all over the world who are watching it because it's gone it's gone viral and it will, you wait and see as the weeks go on, it'll there'll be millions will end up having seen it. And the amount of people that are contacting loved ones that are contacting their families from home to say a, a spot at the Angarda Shikona and I'm getting calls in and texts in from Australia, from America, from right across Europe. And people are loving, our diaspora around the world are loving to see it and very proud of the beautiful country in which we live, which is great. And then just a couple of texts in for, in defence of teachers, Margaret says, and this was because Tim 
Tim was saying the teachers are sitting at home doing nothing. Margaret says, Patricia, how would those negative people, would those negative people ever get over themselves? They're criticising the teachers continuously and now they're deciding today to have a go about the guards. Would these people ever chill? They might give the Taoiseach a break also in these very uncertain times in which we live. And why is there such hatred, says another texter, against teachers and continuous teacher bashing when teachers are doing their utmost for their students in these unprecedented times? Perhaps those trolls think they could do a better job. That's a mum of an extremely hardworking uh, teacher. Thank you for that. That's where I leave you for today. My thanks to John Paul. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon. Talk to you tomorrow at 10. Stay safe. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance. CMIG.ie Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odour control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.